Welcome to the July 10th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 24, and the sermon is entitled, Salvation of the Family, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Well, this week uh, has been one month of being senior pastor, and so as I thought about that, I was like, Lord, time is moving on. It's been so busy this week with hospital and visitation, but I want to call your attention real quick, and I I, I should do this every week maybe, but today's message I think is very important for the body and the people of this place. I don't hang my hat on one sermon or one message, but it's amazing what God will do with a prostitute and how he will speak to your heart as we continue on in the book of Joshua. So if you will, grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Joshua. And with that said, my, my question is this. Did you come this morning expecting something from God? Amen. Okay, three people. All right, All right let's try that again. <laughs> Did you come this morning expecting something from God? Amen. Thank you, thank you. Because when you come here, I want when you come here, you to expect God to speak to you. Every week that I came as Pastor Mike was uh, a pastor here, I came and I said, God, I need something from you. Maybe I had a good week or maybe I had a rough week, but it was, God, I need something from you. And so I want that mindset as we gather together today especially, God, I need something from you. And today you will get a challenge as you come here today from the Word of God. That is my hope. That is my prayer. And so with that said... The message or, or the series of messages that I'm working through is a challenge not, to, not necessarily to Joshua, not necessarily to individuals, but is it a, it's a challenge to the church. We've talked about those challenges being a reminder that God still leads. God leads His people. We've talked about that challenge the second week and preparing to move and how God wants to work in our lives to prepare us not to be stagnant Christians, but to continue to move us forward to pursue His will for our lives. And last week we looked at the message titled Using the Unlikely, how God used a a, a prostitute in Rahab to begin His plan to overthrow Jericho. Today's message, as we think about it and as we look at it, is titled, Salvation of the Family. Here's what I want you to do. I already know the answer. Everybody in here that has family, raise your hand. Okay, this message is for us. The most important thing in all of life, as I look at my family, and I think I still have a young family, even though I have two teenagers in the house now. Both my boys are teenagers. But most of all, growing up, Terry and I set our hearts on raising our kids to know Jesus. Raise our kids to know Jesus. And so today, the call of the, of, of the message, of the title of the message, is that, that we are people who make sure that our children know the Lord. We have worked through Scripture over the past couple of weeks of Joshua looking to the promised land and God reminding him of the things that I will never leave you and that I will be with you and you need to be strong and courageous. 
We've seen a couple Sundays ago as Joshua makes preparation, preparations for that personally. And then last week as he sends the two spies ahead into Jericho. And they ran into the prostitute named Rahab. Rahab hides these spies from the king of Jericho on the flax of the roof of her house. And she begins to work the plan of God. Today, that's exactly where we pick up Scripture. And as a little bit different, I'm not going to read it all the way through, but we're going to work it piece by piece and point by point today. You will get four points out of this message today, but it's going to be piece by piece as we look through God's Word today. Joshua chapter number 2, and we're going to start with verse number 8. Joshua chapter 2, verse number 8. We're going to go verse 8 through 11 at the beginning. Here's what God's Word says. And before they were laid down, this is talking about the spies now, she came up to, unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt, and what ye did in the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, and, and whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. As we think of the title of the salvation for the family, Today we see a very practical view of how we must, number one, witness and work for the Lord. Especially toward the people that are closest to us. Now I'm going to stop, I'm going to get off my notes and I'm going to say this. The hardest people that you will witness to in your entire life are the people that are closest to you. Are your family members. And some of the hardest people in the world to, be a, to go on a mission trip to are the people in our own country. I can go around the world and I can tell people about Jesus, but when you lock me in the room with somebody I love so dearly, it's hard. But it's important that we take the notion to teach them, to teach your young people, and to talk to the older people about faith in Jesus Christ. We understand as the spies crossed paths with Rahab that God was at work. Point number one today that I want to give you is this. Salvation in the family happens when hearts are changed. When hearts are changed. I look at the scripture and I see a couple things that, that, that point out or stand out to me when I read it and that God, God showed me in this is that this. As God places those spies in Rahab's life, God ultimately was beginning a work there. Look in verse number 8. It says, And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. There are two key words there that you need to see. And those are the words, I know. Rahab said, before you even came, I know. I know that you are at work. I know that you're going to take this land. I know that God is going to give it to you. There are some things that God has put on Rahab's heart that she knows. 
Rahab knew that the land where she lived was not for her people. It was for the people of Israel. It belonged to them, and they were getting ready to come and take it and fight for it. She knew that. But also, the thing that she knows is this, is it's not that the fighting is going to give them the land. Look again at verse number 10, or excuse me, verse number 9. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Do you see that? God has given it to you. I know that, Rahab says. God has given you the land. In verse number 10, there are two more words I want you to see. It says, for we have heard. Do you see that? We've heard about you. We've heard what God has been doing through you. We know what's going on in the life of the Israelites. We've heard about the Amorite king. We've heard about the dividing of the Red Sea. And Rahab says, we have heard these things. How many of you know that the news of God travels? Good news of the things that God is doing travels. And that's what has happened here. Rahab says, I know that the land is yours, but we have heard God is in the midst. Now, how long have they heard? Forty years. Forty years they've known God was at work. Forty years the people have known that God is amongst the Israelite people and we are in trouble. Verse number 11 says this, As soon as we heard these things, do you see that? As soon as we heard them, what happened? Our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is, in God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Rahab says we've heard the things that God is doing, the workings of God since the very beginning, and our hearts did melt. But here is the truth that I want you to understand about the people in Canaan is this. They knew about God. According to Rahab, right? They knew about him. And they had heard about what God was doing. But they still refused to make him their God. They lived 40 years waiting for destruction, waiting to be defeated instead of seeking after God. Listen to me, church. Hearts can be changed by God Almighty. I'm a re That's the reason I stand here today, is my heart was changed. But once my heart's changed, we don't sit and wait. We don't live our life in, in, in fear. But what we do is we submit to the will of God and we seek after Him. That's what the people of Canaan did not do. They knew about God, they had heard about God, and they stayed afraid of God. And so what does God do? God comes up with a plan for His people to enter the promised land. I think about this as I set up my desk this week, and I said, how many times does this describe Christian people? They hear the gospel of Christ. They hear it offered maybe week after week and time after time. They've heard about it. They think they know Him here, but they've yet to put it in their hearts. And so week after week, they walk away still never making a decision for Jesus Christ. But I want you to underline three words. If you write in your Bible, I write in my Bible. I want you to underline three words 
in verse number 11. At the end of verse number 11, it says this, Because of you, for the Lord your God, He is God. Do you see those three words? He is God. Rahab makes a proclamation to the spies that your God is my God. Your God is the God. It's amazing what happens when people finally stand on the truth that Jesus Christ offers. How many of us today would, would slip our hand up real quickly and put it back down and say, Jesus Christ is my Lord? We would do that, wouldn't we? We would do that. But it's one thing to do it sit, sitting in the comforts of an air-conditioned sanctuary. It's another thing to do it outside the doors. And so today, church, I want to challenge you. Those three words, He is God, don't tuck them away in your heart or tuck them away in your home. Proclaim them with your mouth just as Rahab the harlot did. He is God. Friends, today their salvation starts when hearts change. And I want you to see a heart that is changed. That knows, that heard, and now believes that God is the leading of her life. And the leading of her family in which we will get to in a minute. Point number two, look at verses 12 through 14. Now therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours. If ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Point number two today is this my life for yours. My life for yours. As Rahab makes that proclamation about God, she has to deal with these spies that have been sent to her. And here's what she says. Now, this is Jeffrey's translation. Since I showed you kindness and I saved your lives, now here's what you must do. You must show kindness to me and my family. Pledge to me, promise me that my mother and my father and my brothers and my sisters will be delivered from death. Please spare our lives. That's Rahab's plea to these two spies. Because Rahab knows what's about to happen. As the spies answer, they simply say this, we're going to deal kindly with you. We're going to deal with you. We're going to deal kindly with you. But they also offer her those four words that we just read. Our life, our life for yours. In verse, number thir uh, excuse me, in verse number 14, our life for yours. Our life for yours. Me personally, I think that was an individual commitment from each spy. My life for yours, Rahab. As I get down and as you save my life and as you save me, here's what I'm going to do. As I go back to my country and my people, I will give word that your life will be saved. I will do that personally. There's so much I am learning about Rahab's life. I often skipped over that part. But when Rahab promises, or promises to save these spies, those spies now promise to take care of Rahab. Does that sound familiar? 
Does that sound familiar to us? Absolutely. Christ gave his life for ours. My life for yours. That is the battle cry of Jesus Christ. My life for yours. And so today when I think about Scripture, here's what Scripture teaches me. John 10, 18 says, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down. Jesus said he laid his life down for you. 1 Timothy 2, 6 says, Who gave himself a ransom for all. So not only does he lay it down, his life's become a ransom. Galatians chapter 1 Verse 4 says, Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil world. Friends, if you want to be delivered from an evil world, there's only one hope, and that is Jesus Christ, according to Scripture. John 3.16 is very important in my life. We know it. I almost wore the tie today. But I, I've gotten so many comments on this tie, I said, you pay attention because we're going to get to why that tie is important. But here's what I want to charge you, church. I want to charge you not, not only to love John 3.16 and be a John 3.16 church, but I want you to be a 1 John 3.16 church. Listen to this. 1 John 3.16 says this, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It's not just sit there and take, take, take. But church, it's now time for us to care about those people who are lost and hurting and a dying and evil world. And sometimes those people are as close as our own house. As our own house. I think it interesting here that Rahab was not out just to save herself. Christians, it's not all about saving yourself. But Rahab's mindset and motto is, I want to take everybody. I want my mama and my daddy and my brothers and my sisters. I want them to be safe as well. And so that's the mindset of the prostitute. I want my family safe. Let's continue on in our story. Verses 15 through 21. My favorite part is the story. Before I begin to read, this is my favorite part of the story. Here we go. Verse number 15. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourself there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring forth thy father and thy mother and thy brother and thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this, our business, then we will be quit of, the de of their deaths, or excuse me, their oath, which thou hast made us to swear. 
And she said, according to your words, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. When I think of my favorite part of this story, here it is. Three times in the verses we just read, the cord is mentioned. There's a cord mentioned. The first time, the cord lets the spies down from her home, which was perched up on the wall, to the ground. She lets the spies out. And they go out into the mountains and to the western part to hide for a few days and wait for all the noise to settle down. But as we look at that, the mission of the spies is now complete. They've done their duty. Their time to go is now. And so Rahab gives them uh, instructions to go and hide and wait and, and for safety before they leave. My life for yours. You remember that, right? You remember the agreement, my life for yours. And here's what they say here, the instruction as they give Rahab. Tie the scarlet cord, tie the rope in your window. And as you do that, bring your family into your house and stay there. Anybody outside of your house will die. Anybody inside of your house, if something happens to it, I'll die. It's on me. Anybody in the house will be saved. As they remind each other of their agreement, in verse number 21, there are three words. As Rahab says them, so be it. That is the stamp, that is the seal, that is the approval to the agreement. If anybody outside of my house is there, they're dead. But if anybody is inside, they will be saved. Now, where in the world did the scarlet cord come from? Well, if we remember back to the book of Exodus, we remember the Passover in Exodus chapter 12, that in Egypt, as they were there, they would take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost and the door jam of the home. And here's what the Lord said, Wherever I see the blood, I will pass over. I will pass over. I will pass over. As the spies see the scarlet cord hanging from the window of Rahab, they will pass, death will pass over, destruction will pass over that home. You know, I looked back in Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 30, that says, By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not. I thought about that verse. And here's what I want you to know. As Jericho lays in the forefront for the Israelite people, Rahab is the only believer there. Rahab is the only believer. But by faith, it was not just the scarlet rope that saved her life. It was her faith and action day after day that saved her life. It was her faith to take in the spies. It was her faith that tied the scarlet rope. It was her faith that believed God. He is God. That is what saved her life. And as she ties the rope, here's what I want to give you the picture of. She doesn't wait a couple of days. She doesn't wait for, for the Israelite army to come. She does it immediately. Look at verse number 21. 
It says, and so she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. That rope, by my calculations, by my calculations, stayed there at least two weeks before anything happened. That line would stay there two weeks. And day after day, as her family was there and her people were there, that rope hung. But here's what God spoke to me in a very powerful way. As the blood is the symbol throughout the Bible, from Abel's blood offering being more pleasing, to Abram telling Isaac, my Lord will provide a lamb. And as he draws the knife or the sword to kill his own son, the ram was provided in the briar patch. The Passover lamb we read about in Exodus. And now today, the scarlet cord. The blood is what saves. Today, the blood of Christ that can cover any dark, even the darkest of sin. As I sat at my desk and thought about this verse, here's the picture I want to give you. As Rahab the harlot had to go back to mama and daddy, whom she had probably disappointed, and tell mama and daddy and brother and sister, you got to come to my house. A place that was sin-filled and wicked and invited every man in the, in the county that would come, in the town that would come. Now was the place of salvation because God moved in. Because God moved in. And church today, I want you to know, as I look at Rahab's home and she had to convince mama and daddy to come to this house, to trust me just to be saved, she gave it all she had. I know she begged and she pleaded and, and she had to suck up her pride and, and she had to face the, the ridicule and the words. But she went, just trust me, mama. Just trust me, daddy. Come to my house and you will be saved. Here's my question for you. Today, the story of Rahab teaches me so much. First, it teaches me this, that we need to tie the cord in our homes. Mamas and daddies, I'm talking to you right now. There need to be a decision among mamas and daddies today Tie the cord today. Don't wait until your kids get older. Don't wait for another day. Don't wait for the sun to shine. Do it today. Tie the cord that Jesus Christ will rule and reign in my home. That's the first thing it taught me. The second thing it taught me is that God can change anybody. Through the blood, the Lord Jesus Christ can change any home. He can take a home that was destroyed and destructive and nothing and turn it into a place of salvation for people. I've seen homes that were destroyed and, and looking on the ends of, uh, ends of ruins that God makes Bible studies in those homes now. It's amazing what God can do in a home. And so here's the challenge, church. As Rahab had to go to mama and daddy and brother and sister, I'm sure she had to say, I'm sorry. I messed up. But I know the truth. And here's the truth. If you trust me, if you follow me, if you come into my home, you will be safe. How many of us are willing to go to our grown kids? Maybe to our mamas and to our daddies. To 
people that hate Jesus and say, listen, if you trust me, if you trust me, I've got something that will change your life, that will save your life. So we need to tie the cords and we need to get people into the home, into the safety net that not I offer, but Jesus Christ offers. Today, I want to step out and tell my church family, the cord is in my home. And the cord flies from the front of this sanctuary that anybody that will come into these doors and that will accept Jesus as Savior, God promises to change their life, to save their soul. As I think about my own family, I got a big family. God blessed me with the last name of Campbell. I'm kin to half of Amherst County because of that. But here's the reality of it. Jeffrey, will you be bold enough to go to the family and say, come in? To say, come in. I closed my Bible up. I fooled you. I'm not done yet. There's one more point. There's one more point today. I gave, Point number three was the scarlet cord. The scarlet cord. But point number four today is the Lord delivers listen to these last couple verses 22 through 24 it says and they went and came into the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned and the pursuers sought them throughout all the way but found them not so the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came into joshua the son of nun and told him all things that befell them and they said unto joshua truly the lord hath delivered Unto our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Point number four today is the Lord delivers. As these spies are set down from the, the house of Rahab, they go into the mountains to hide for their own safety. The Bible tells us here that they quickly make their way back to Joshua. And as they report back to Joshua, here's the word. The Lord has delivered. The Lord has delivered. But listen, friends, the report from the spies was this, that he has delivered the land. I want to offer you this today, that more than land was delivered in Jericho. There was a heart, a soul that was saved in Jericho that those spies really didn't recognize. God worked in Jericho through one life, and it was the life of a prostitute. The Bible in Hebrews and James says that she's saved. That she's saved. I'm grateful today. I'm grateful today to know that God delivers. He delivers people when no other reasons can be explained. And I'm grateful today to say this. As the people looked to Jericho, they were concerned about the land. And here is the report. Don't worry about the land because the people are scared to death of us. That would go a long ways. But today, maybe Rahab's life has spoken to, and to you in a way that says this. God says, I want to deliver you. I want to deliver you. Maybe there's something going on in your life. We'll, we'll call it sin because that's what it is. 
But maybe it's not the prettiest of situations, but God wants control of it. Rahab had to give God control of her home. And when she did that, he began to work. Families today, real quick, I want eyes this direction if I can. In a moment of invitation as we come before God, are there people that will today, today, come and tie the knot? Maybe you said, Jeffrey, I already done that years ago. No, no, no. If you've got grandkids and, and the generations keep coming, there's work to be done on your part. Come tie the rope. Maybe today there's somebody in your family that God puts on your heart, somebody close to you that God puts on your heart. Maybe that person's sitting beside you today. Maybe in just a way of coming before God, you'll come today and pray for that one person. Give me the courage. Give me the courage to speak up and say that God loves you, that Jesus Christ loves you. Maybe today you're here and you feel the Lord moving in your heart in some way. Maybe it's to pray, maybe it's to come. You don't have to kneel at an altar, you could come and stand. You come and pray. But maybe God is moving in a, in a very special way, just as he did in the house of Rahab and in the heart of Rahab. And that is this. God changed her life. She would lay down the title of harlot and pick up the title of queen, of princess, of saved, of redeemed. Friends, today, maybe there's something you need to lay down. Let this be the day. Don't wait to tie the knot. Don't wait to come pray. Don't wait to do business with God. Today, if God is moving in your heart, allow Him that privilege to change your life in this place today. Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, as we come before You, Lord, we thank You for Your holy word. And Lord, in a holy way, we want to come before You knowing that apart from You, we are nothing. But God, with you moving in our lives, God, we pray that you would use us in mighty ways. And Lord, ministry starts in the home. Ministry doesn't start in the church. Ministry starts in the home. It starts by tying the cord and saying, we will follow Jesus Christ. It starts by hitting knees and praying for those people that are in your home and that are close to you. God, today I pray that you would use this time of invitation in a very powerful and moving way. God, that you will move, that people will change and people will come to you and people will tie a cord and people will make a commitment to serve you from this day forward. God, I pray that people see the cord hanging for the rest of my life. God, help me to minister to my own family. God, we give you this time. Thank you for what you're going to do in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.